Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Grief fundamentally changes who we are and how we see the world. It's painful and heartbreaking, but also transformative and magical. This podcast is about grief and loss, but more importantly, it's about life and living fearlessly. I'm Kelsey Chittick, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve. Welcome, everybody. I have one of the most special people on today as a guest, and this person does not need any introduction because she is an exceptional actress, an advocate, a podcaster, an amazing mom, and a more amazing friend. And I think there aren't many people in the world that spread love and light the way Jamie Lynn Ziegler does. So I am so grateful that she is here to kick us off and talk about the hard things, but in the most beautiful way possible. Oh, I mean, I'm crying already. I feel all those things about you. I really do. I really, really do. And I think that what it's just when you love someone, you feel all those things about them, right? Like when yeah. you really love someone. Yeah. So I'll, I, we don't have a lot of time and she and I could talk for hours and we have in many different situations Yes. about this stuff. I actually met Jamie doing grief work and our grief from her losing her brother and me losing my husband was kind of what brought us together. We we met on a podcast and then we did some healing stuff together. But I knew the minute I met her that this was someone that I could learn from because the grace that she has and the insights and the honesty about how shitty it can be and how hard it can be has really been a pillar of strength for me over the past two and a half years. So hmm. we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about loss. I don't want this podcast to just be about dead people and how you get over dead people because that's only part of grief in life. There's a lot of loss in a lot of different ways and there's transitions all along in our lives. Losing someone is one of those hard stops, but there's a lot of other hard stops in life that that are all part of a choice that we each have when hard things happen. So We're going to talk about acceptance today because that's one thing that Jamie and I seem to fall back on in when people ask us, how are we doing it or how are, how are we surviving? So if you can, Jamie, just start yeah. by telling about your brother, just so sure. we kind of know your, your person, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's actually weird. I was saying to my husband the other day, oh, wow, in September of this year, I'll be the exact age that my brother passed away. And that would be eight years ago. Wow. And he was 41. And it's, you know, and it's, it was completely unexpected. 
He was a young, healthy, happy, seemingly happy guy, engaged. You know, but in hindsight, he was taken for us quickly. His his fiance found him unconscious. He had a brain hemorrhage, aneurysm, fell, had some brain bleeding from his fall, was in a coma for seven days. We went back and forth as a family until a very wonderful doctor helped us lead to the decision that the best thing for him and the right decision was, you know, to to let him go gracefully. And we did. But, you know, in, in hindsight, like I always think about my brother and he, he never had dreams of the future. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he was engaged, but he didn't want to get married. He didn't want kids. He was the best uncle Adam. He didn't want to get old. And he taught us a lot of things, but we didn't learn them until he died. He really lived life day to day. He really didn't sweat the small stuff. He made a joke out of everything. And it's like all the things that we used to kind of get frustrated with him about, like, why aren't you worrying about this? Or why aren't you caring about this? Now we like try and just take pages from his book. You know, he was obviously an important person in my life. He was my brother. We speak of him often remember him often. He's tattooed in my arm. My youngest son, is his, his middle name is Adam. But that was, you know, my real first experience with like massive loss. But I also, you know, what you and I talk mostly about in, in, is I deal also with a loss of my health. Because when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And this was something I even kept with, kept from my older brother, Adam, because he lived with OCD and I was, we were too worried to tell him so that he would worry about it too much. But in the last years of his life, I actually did tell him. And I, I remember his, one of the last things that we talked about when it came to MS, he said to me, Jamie, please, please don't give up. Please don't stop. And please just tell people, like, please stop living like this. And I did it while he was alive, but... I know he was very much and still very much with me during my process of, of still learning to accept it 20 something years later. Yeah. I mean, your story, there's this thing about grief that, that I, I want people to understand. Time does matter. And so you're eight years out from that. You're quite a few years out from your MS. We are able to live with much more than we ever thought we could. So if you are on the, you know, in the beginning stages, or if nothing bad's ever happened and you just live with terrible anxiety that somebody you love is going to die, I think it's always important to start these conversations with some type of measurement of time. Because I do think God made us so that we can recover from things if we so choose. And time, unfortunately, and I hate when people say that, but it is the great healer. Because the lessons that we learn from the people that we've lost, that Adam taught you, that Nate taught me, they come as time moves along. And I just, and I think the MS, you know, I think loss is anytime you don't get what you want and you see it with little kids, they don't- Or what you expected. Or what you think you deserve or what you expected. Yes. So we all have a story in our head that's been given to us either by life or our parents or our friends of how it's supposed to be for it to be good. And so Jamie and I are always challenging the idea that what is good and what are we here for? Like, are we here to get, have a perfect family, have two kids, have a career, and then die at 82 in a nursing home? I pray not. Because I think we come down here on some way to, to feel all the feelings and do all the work. And if we can live more the way I feel like a lot of people that die early are described, like Adam, 
which is a person that was like, where's everybody going? What you're rushing towards? (laughs) You're so right. Why all these shoulds? So how do you, when you kind of think about getting news that you don't want, or even waking up not feeling how you want, or thinking about what if, what are some of the practices that you've leaned on over the last 20 years? Or, and also when you, when you got MS and then Adam dies, sometimes we think, oh good, we got the one thing over with. I go, phew, I got mine. I used to think that I was like, you know what? After Nate died, I was like, oh, well, that's it. And then I got a really fun diagnosis a little bit later that kind of just continues to put you on your knees to remind you this thing is not for the faint of heart. So what, what do you do? I think people need tools because you can't, you have to work really hard at not being crazy. Yeah. That's the hardest job in the world. (laughs) Oh my God, help me. <laughs> and uh, we're not there yet, but I promise no, you. We're trying. We, we're trying. We're in it with you. Yes. You know, I get really, I have to force myself to get real present. Yeah. I got to be here right now. Okay, right now, Jamie, stop. Because I'm just reminded of all those books I read that are all on my nightstand that look sure look pretty, but they got to mean something too after I put them down. And they all say the only thing that really exists is right now. And people, all people and relationships, all all we ever take from them is what we've learned from them. Right. Right. So it's like, it's, everything is about connection. And I, what MS has done for me has deepened my connection with myself. And I was actually thinking in the car ride from the airport today about us doing this podcast. And I knew you and I talked about talking about acceptance. And I was, I was thinking, I was like, I'm such a, can I curse? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was such a fucking, I was such a fucking mess. Like, as a young girl, teenage girl, so fucking insecure, my head everywhere. I, I seem like I had it all together. The only thing that's consistent throughout my whole life that anybody could say was that I was nice. Like I'm nice. I'm always nice. Cause I really care about people really and I always want to be kind to people, but I was a fucking mess. And I, there is no way I don't see any way that in my life I would have found any self-acceptance unless I was given MS, believe me. Wow. See? which I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm having such a hard time accepting myself with a disease that leaves me disabled, that leaves me looking down at the ground because sometimes I don't want to watch people watch me walk and and I extract myself from things, you know, and experiences or limit myself in my own head. And I've pushed and I've pushed and I've pushed through and look, I've, I've, I get, let myself get knocked down. And sometimes I stay on the floor for a couple of days and I smoke a little weed and I eat a little chocolate and I just wallow in it all. And then I'm like, all right, got to get back up because I still, still want things out of life. And I, and I think when you have enough things that are hard, that happen, that are hard, you almost, you're just ready for it to be hard again, but not in a cynical way. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to get up and go again. And I know it'll get hard again, but each time that hard gets, maybe it's just the time between the hard and the easy that gets a little bit smaller, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, you're brilliant. You're see guys, she's brilliant. (laughs) It's, it's not avoiding the hard. It's learning how to make friends with the hard. And I think the more the more you sink into your misery, the more you find joy because you no longer wish it was different or think you have any control over it in the sense of it happening. I think for a long time, I was kind of like the, the, 
I was like the spiritual person that was like, if you just see it, believe it, blah, 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 everything will be fine. And there was a nuance there that I always forgot, which is it's not that we all can't be joyful and create our lives. It's that we have to create our lives within what our life is, not what we create, how we feel about our lives. We don't create our lives. And what happens is how we feel and how we decide to share our story and experience our story, that is our creation. Yes. And you know what? I got stuck for so many years in that, like the manifesting and if you see it, believe it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run again and I'm going to do this. And so I went around the world and spent all my money on all these random healers and nothing was happening. And it was this terrible cycle. And then I found meditation. Yes. And in the first time that I ever actually, I think like meditate, and I hate to say right, because there is no right or wrong. And that's where I like, I faulted for so many years of like trying to figure it out. I just kind of let go. And I was taken to like a vision of me like running and with my kids on a beach and feeling free and jumping and lifting them up in the air and doing all the things that I can't physically do right now. And when I opened my eyes, as opposed to being sad, I remember saying out loud to myself, like the crazy person that I am, I was like, who's to say that that wasn't real? (gasps) Stop it. Who is going to take away from me that I just didn't experience that? Like that was really real. I felt that in my whole body and I believe that. And so it, that's kind of what carries me through and the meditation, it, it gives me the stillness and it gives me the joy. And it's just as real as when I open my eyes and I haven't given up hope. I, I believe in modern medicine. I think that things could continue, but at the same time, I'm, I'm coming to the place. And I tell you, like I've told you the other night, I'm so close. I'm so close. I really feel like I'm getting to this place where I'm, I'm okay with who I am. Like I'm going to be totally honest. I'm doing talk shows tomorrow. I'm doing live with Ryan and Kelly and a bunch of stuff. And I'm not ready to, for them to intro me and me walk out and limp out there. I'm not ready to be seen that way. So I'm going to be sitting in the chair already. But like one day, I know I'll walk out and be okay with the way I move and be totally fine. But it's a road that I found is getting easier being honest about it. Because right. one one of the gifts that MS has given me is because we all have something. We all have a lot of things sometimes. My, one of my things happens to be on the outside and it ends up being this like icebreaker where people tend to feel really comfortable being vulnerable with me. And it's so beautiful because there's nothing more I love than connecting with people and listening to them. And like, it's such a gift. And then you just, you keep going through life being like, holy shit, we are all carrying a limp with us. We are all carrying something with us. And me living my life with this could possibly give somebody else permission to live their life with something else. And so that's where I find the strength and the beauty and the grace that you all talk about me with, which I'm so grateful to. And that when you say that about me, I think that's where I find that. Yeah. I I think you, if you knew the impact you had on people, the acceptance would come easier because Mm -hmm. I think what happens is those of us who are put in positions to feel the things and experience the things that nobody wants. Yes. We have a great calling. And that is the calling to talk to people about the things they're afraid of because what they're looking at is they're going, if she can do it, maybe I'll be okay with whatever I'm dealing with. And I think when you go through a hard time 
at some point you make a decision that you accept what is, it doesn't mean you like it and be really clear that acceptance has nothing to do with enjoying it or meaning Mm-mm. it's okay, or you don't feel screwed. All of that remains. I hate being a widow. You hate having a mess. That is not acceptance. Acceptance is stop the stop resisting what is yes. with your thoughts. So it means I'm not going to spend all day pissed that I have MS or a dead husband. I'm going to spend some of the day that way. And then I'm gonna, when it gets too big and too loud in my head, I'm going to sit my butt down and I'm going to practice what they've been doing for centuries, which is I'm going to quiet my mind and watch those thoughts go back and forth. And that's what I think meditation did for you. And I think you did get it because what happens with meditation is there is one day when you get it. And if you're practicing meditation, you'll know when it hits because there's one day where you go, holy shit, this is what they were talking about. So I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way, but there is a day when the practice pays off. Just like if you don't know how to swim and then one day you're like, holy shit, I'm swimming. Yeah. Can I give a hot tip? You know what helped me? Hot tip. One time I was, I don't know who taught me this, but he was like, don't wish away your thoughts. Put them down below like the ticker tape on like CNN. So they have like, you're not pushing them away. They still have a place to live. They're still there. And it's like, when I visualized that there was kind of just this other space to go to. I love it. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to tell you what I got, what someone I read that you're, you are in the New York marathon but you are not in the middle of the runners. You are in the back wearing a red jersey. You are watching the race and you are in it, but you are not a part of it. You're observing it from the back. So you are watching all those thoughts or the, the other runners. Wow. And you're just trailing behind them with no experience, except that you're interested in it in a very bystander type of way. You're not telling them to stop running, to go faster, to leave the road. You're just observing this thing. Mm-hmm. So I always put myself in a red jersey and I'm like, I get way to the back and I just go, well, look at all that happening up in front of me. Yeah. That's interesting. And you can pitch which one to focus on if you exactly. want. Exactly. And then in between those moments, you will find what I feel is bliss mm. or it's that moment where for me, it feels like I've connected to source or God mm. and everything internally, my central nervous system slows down and there's this sense of all is well. Yeah. And if you can get one of those for half a second a day, that deep knowing that you are right where you need to be, even though everything around you says no, that's what meditation does. And I think we're moving so damn fast, especially women. So fast. I just wish our whole generation would sit down and what grief or loss of any type does for you and why sometimes I think back at when Nate first died, I was so present because I was so scared and so overwhelmed that I literally was going minute to minute. And in that minute to minute, you get really focused Mm -hmm. because you don't care about anything else. And I remember as I came out of grief and I started worrying about stupid things again, because it was such a big worry for so long Mm -hmm. that I was very focused and you didn't care about how you looked or what your house looked like, or if you went to the party or what people thought, because you were just surviving. I remember thinking like, God, that was a really beautiful time in my life because I was just right here. Mm right here, experiencing all the good and the bad and the hard. So meditation, I think for you and I both is a huge tool that we use. Yeah. And then I think finding people, and that's like, I, I do believe once you set an intention to surround yourself with people that can support you on this journey, you will, you will be surprised at who runs into your life. I mean, Jamie Lynn Sigler from Sopranos, 
I mean, Kelsey Chittick, what do you mean? Kelsey Chittick from Comedian El Segundo? I've been waiting to meet. Have you been waiting to meet me my whole life? <laughs> a real long time. I but think it's just, I've lost count of the years. Yeah, it's just really. It's true. The, the angels and the people that show up along your way, if you are open to the work, and that, that's the acceptance yeah. part that I hear a lot of people get stuck in their grief or they'll say things like, oh, I can't believe, like, Jamie, you're doing so well. And I want to say to people, like, what, what do you expect? Like the alternative is just to just die in a pile. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds worse. So I am going to do well, but I, I think with grief and loss, the choice that people have is much bigger than they believe. It feels like something got done to you, but just right. something happened through you and you get to decide what you're going to do with that. And Jamie watching you, and I hate it because I hate to see people not feeling like they are feeling as good or able to do what they want. And I think that's what you and I talk about a lot. Yeah. Yet I, I, I look forward to seeing it all when it, when we sit, wherever we sit and wherever yeah. we go. Yeah. And we smoke a cigarette and have a scotch and we go, well, that's ridiculous. That's why that all happened. Yeah. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So how do you couch when your brother... Well, first tell me what you loved most about your brother. Oh my God. He just took nothing seriously. <laughs> Is that not the damn lesson? He fucking took nothing seriously. Everything was a joke to the point where I had a stalker once in high school and he picked up the phone and like started talking dirty back to him. Like when the guy was like stalking me in the phone, I was like, Adam, you're supposed to scare him. <laughs> so where do you think he, he went? Like, where do you think he went? Oh, like we talk about this. I mean, you and I have. So I had a pretty profound experience because I was with him the moment he died. We were with him at his last breath. Oh yeah. Talk about that. We were all around him and you know, he's been in a coma for seven days. We've talked to him, held his hand. There's no movement. There's no, there's no reaction. There's nothing. We tried. His fiance was on one side of him with his family. My mother, my brother, and my father and I were on the other. And my mom, my mom in my mom fat in her mom fashion, asked me to sing to him, which was like, oh my God. Mom. I love it. I love it. But like, what am I gonna do? My mom's losing her son in this moment. Like, I'm gonna hand to God. I start singing, and a tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> then we all lose it. And he, you know, he took a long time to die. I was like, you know what, Adam, we pulled the plug. It's been two hours, 45 minutes. Like, yeah, it was like, we had to, we had to walk away, but the, we all felt it. We all felt it was coming. We were all around him. You know, the heart speeds up really fast and then it goes beep. And I swear to God, I heard a, I love it. And it was like a cartoon where the color just slowly, like a line, just faded down from his forehead down. And he, and I looked at him and it was like, I didn't, 
I, I looked at my mom like, he's not here. Like this body that I have known him in his whole life, I didn't even know. Yeah. I was like, that's not Adam. And I looked at my mom like, he's not here. She's like, I know. I was like, I, and I, I could feel him yeah. around, but that body, I walked right out of the room. I was like, he's not there. That's not it. I'm not hanging with this thing. Mm-hmm. That was not him. And it, I, I remember just sitting by myself in the lobby for a little while, just taking some deep breaths and just thinking like, this is just because, you know, my body or or was already failing me. And I was having a difficult relationship with this physical body that I have now. And I'm just thinking, this is just like the little vehicle I'm in, in this life. Like I am in there. And my brother was vain in the the best way possible. He's a very good looking guy. And he knew it. He loved creams and lotions and whatever. I love him. And this Young, very handsome doctor. Just, I was just sitting in a lobby. I mean, people could be in hospitals for lots of different reasons. And he walked up to me and took out of his pocket this lovely hand lotion and just gave it to me. He goes, I just feel like I need to give you this. Stop. And I still have it to this day. I just squeezed out the last bit on my last day of work at Big Sky the other day because I put it on every day that I've worked since he's died. Yeah, so that's just... I just want people to know that it's bigger than we think. And Mm -hmm. those examples, I love the idea. I love the idea that this body is just, it's it's just transportation. It It has nothing to do with anything. And sometimes we call for lessons that occur in the body to bring us back to the moment, or we're here to teach or experience or feel. But when I, I do feel great peace about death now, I don't want to die. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to leave my kids because that feels wrong. But I also have great faith that um, that people can go and life can go on. I don't think until you lose someone close to you, you realize that, you know, people keep going to school and work and everything keeps going. And you you realize like, it's, I guess it is okay on some level and it will be okay someday. But the angels that come, the people that put the, the lotion in your hand mm-hmm. or hold your hand that just you never have met or say something that there's no way. Yeah. It, it, it feels like winks. There's a lot of winks in grief yep. and loss that make yep. you, if you're paying attention. Oh, I'm like, I'm a psycho. Pay I am too. My kids are like, it hits, when it hits you, when it blindsides you though, like I remember I was doing, so I obviously, we all lost the great late James Gandolfini who played my father for so many years. And I was so close with him. And I was in boat. My oldest son was probably about a year and a half. And I had this random friend call me to do this little short film. And I had not worked for a couple of years because of the MS. I like pulled myself out and hadn't told anyone though. Still living in secret. I said, sure, I'm coming, but I have a back problem. I can't do this. Oh, I it was living in my lie. I remember sitting in front of the camera as they're waiting to set it up and I'm just like trying to hold it together. And I'm like, this is so fucking hard. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this with this disease. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I just like prayed to Jim and I was like, just like, just tell me whether I should do this or not. Like, I really, I really need to know if I'm supposed to do this or not. So the director's like, okay, Jamie, you're ready. And this black cat walks up and sits right next to her. And she was like, look at this guy, the entire shoot. He stayed the whole time and watched me. And at the end of it, the producer was like a pretty big movie producer, like walked up to me and was like, hey, Jamie, if you're ever going to question if you should do this or not, don't. You have it. 
And I was like, okay. And you know, it's like those little nuggets that you just, you have to hold on to. You have to listen. You have to hear. They are real. You know, you're not making them up in your head. And even if you are, then fucking take them. Just go because like, what, what are you here for then? Yeah. This, I always say, this is how I, it makes, this is how I like going through life. Yep. Tell the story that you want to hear. Yeah. That's it. And when people are naysayers and my kids are naysayers, they'll be like, the hummingbird's not dad. I'm like, you can't prove it. So we're sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yep. mom, every time you see a hummingbird, it can't be dad. I'm like, why not? Why not? So if you're going through something, pay attention because God sends people people and, and messages. And there's just too much, too much of life is so scripted. The sun rises, the sun sets, this planet seems to just keep working barely at times, but just spinning around in the solar planet. What's it called? Solar Solar system. system. The solar planets is a new word that's, (laughs) but I'm always like, Kelsey, it can't be this. It can't be. It's not that simple. This thing is magical and it's mysterious. And the choice you have every day to decide what you want things to mean. So if nobody knows what it means, put a meaning to it that brings you joy. Well, like our good friend Bobby says, we are meaning giving beings. That's it's true. What we do. So we give, give a good meaning. meaning. So, but you also have the power to choose how much meaning you give to anything. Yes. Anything. Like I think about that a lot sometimes when I start to get lost in like the stupid shit of life, meaning like, you know, friends or this or that. And I'm like, I am giving way too much meaning to this right now in my life. What I'm going to simplify things today and I'm going to give four things meaning and that's it. I love that. My family, my health, you know, Bravo, like whatever I want to give meaning to that day. But do you know what I mean? Like you, I think that that's been a really good lesson I've learned just this past year and that I'm really implementing a lot in my life. And it's helping me a lot in the harder times when things you just kind of just, they just happen. It just does. It gets hard wow. sometimes. You're, you're brilliant. We have to end because the people that listen to this podcast have are 30, are 30 minuters. I know. We're going to have moms. Part, I get it. I get it. Part two, part three, part four, but we are going to end with two questions. What's the biggest gift from MS? And if your brother could ask for one thing for you and it's not for you to be happy, what would he say? Oh my God, you make me cry. Okay. Whew, the one thing MS has taught me or, or one, one gift. Of the thing, one gift MS has given me. Perspective. Done. Period. Drop the mic. Yep. And just have more fun. <gasps> wow, that's Nate to me. <laughs> I know. And that's you to me. Just that's what do we say? What we what only we say? say to each other, we have more motherfucking fun. We were going to get tattoos when we first met that said, why, why can't we have fun? I'm still down. You know that we get it. We'll just put it in um, acronyms. Yeah. More motherfuckers. It'd be too big on our lower back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. God, I love you. You remind me you. to have fun. You remind so me do you. that this thing is magical and the right people come at the right time. And I hope everybody listening believes in that because when yeah. you do, uh, the best people show up. So thank you That's so great. much. Oh, All right. always. I love you. Take care. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep going. It gets better. 